Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mr. Birdman's Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Mr. Birdman. I know it's been a few months since I've been gone, um, but again, thank you very much for your patience as these episodes are coming out. Um, This is going to be a first time um, doing a disclaimer for this one. Uh, Warning, uh, today's episode consists of a film that deals with loss uh, and grief, so if you have experienced loss uh, or or lost someone uh, within the last few years, be it a parent um, a child or even, or even a pet. Um, I strongly recommend maybe not listening to this episode. Uh, otherwise listening discretion is advised. And since we're already in the month of October, um, if you recall last year, I made an episode in which I had stated that I would not be, uh, reviewing any, uh, horror films or anything scary on this channel. Uh, well, this episode, I'm going to be breaking that promise of not reviewing horror films uh, for two reasons. Um, one is that this episode or the film itself turns 30. And the second reason is going to be revealed later in this episode. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to be reviewing the 1993 psychological thriller slash horror film, The Good Son. Uh, the film stars Macaulay Culkin, Elijah Wood, Wendy Crewson, Daniel Hugh Kelly, Jacqueline Brooks, and David Morse. And the plot of this film focuses on uh, the character of Mark, played by Elijah Wood, who is visiting his extended family on the East Coast after his mom passes away. He has a cousin who is the same age, named Henry, played by Macaulay Culkin. However, after spending time with him, it turns out that Cousin Henry is not who he appears to be. He appears to be a psychopath, or possibly a serial killer in the making. Excuse me. All right, so the film uh, was directed by Joseph Rubin. Um, He, up until this point, he had directed films such as Sleeping with the Enemy and The Stepfather. Uh, The film's development uh, actually began in the late 1980s, but it never really got off the ground, uh, specifically just because studios thought that it wouldn't really make a lot of money. Um, It was a good idea in theory, um, uh, but again, studios felt that it wouldn't make as much money. Um, But in the early 90s, after the success of films such as Home Alone and Silence of the Lambs, 20th Century Fox chose to revisit the project uh, right around 1991. Um, Sets were being built uh, to get this movie going. Um, However, that's when Macaulay Culkin's father, Kit, who was an infamous and notorious stage parent, wanted Macaulay to star in the film. And of course, like I've mentioned before on this podcast, in the early 90s, Macaulay Culkin was the It child star um, by being in such films such as Uncle Buck, Home Alone, and My Girl. And his father, Kit, made his son's part a condition that he would star in Home Alone 2. Um, And he really wanted Macaulay to be in this movie. Uh, In fact, he even went to 20th Century Fox and said that had... um, If Macaulay's not in this movie, then he was going to pull him out of doing Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Now, because The Good Son and Home Alone 2 were scheduled to shoot around the same time, uh, The Good Son was delayed, so that way uh, Home Alone 2 could be filmed uh, first. Uh, One positive aspect about that delay was that it allowed Elijah Wood to star in the project. Um, so once Home Alone 2 was finished uh, filming uh, the next year, then The Good Son was able to be filmed. 
Um, the film was released in September of 1993. It was a minor box office hit, uh, grossed around $60 million worldwide on, at the box office uh, on a roughly $17 to $18 million budget, but the reception was not not so kind. Um, critics didn't like this film, uh, with uh, famous film critic Roger Ebert calling the film unpleasant, and he gave it a half star out of a possible four. And that says a lot. Uh, nevertheless, the film has definitely had a small following, and over time, adults who watched it as kids uh, have found it to be underrated and kind of suspenseful, uh, myself in, uh, myself included. I mean, I will say, it is not a perfect film. It's not the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, it was definitely nice to revisit. So as the film begins, we are introduced to the character of Mark, played by Elijah Wood. He's an ordinary kid who lives on the West Coast, or in Arizona, um, and he is confronted with his mom, uh, uh, with his mom of insert illness. I mean, it's implied that it's cancer, but it's never really said. Um, and there is a really touching scene between the two of them, as like she knows she's dying and she's confronting. Um, her son and they're saying you know i love you i'll miss you and it actually has made me it actually made me think of uh, my own friends who might have lost a parent uh especially in the last t uh 15 years or so um uh, mark does say that he won't let his mom die and that she'll always be with him um and after her passing um which is really which is really sudden and quick it turns out mark's father has to go to tokyo for two weeks on business to quote unquote close the big deal a common cliche in movies um mark's uncle wallace offers to watch mark up up at his home in maine um dur during the car trip uh, mark is telling his father that his mom is going to come back and during one scene uh he actually jumps out of the car while it's parked he runs out and that's it. The film just cuts away to them like arriving in Maine uh, with no explanation. And I don't know, I kind of had a feeling that something was missing in this scene. Um, it felt like maybe there was a scene where Mark's father was confront or was not confronting, comforting him uh, during this moment and telling him that everything's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, I always felt that there was just more to that scene than what we actually got. As Mark is getting reacquainted with his extended family, um, it's said that he has not seen them in roughly 10 years. So he's reintroduced to his aunt, he's introduced to his cousin Connie, who was actually played by another Culkin, uh, Quinn Culkin. Um, dang, there sure are a lot of Culkins. Um, and, and of course we meet Henry. And Henry, you know, tries to cheer him up and offers him a nice gesture by offering him a homemade mask, uh, which kind of looks like something a walrus would probably spit out or poop out i don't know regardless the mask looks pretty weird um and during the scene when the families are having dinner there's a line uh, and it was something that i kind of caught like the second time that i watched this film uh, about a torn down lighthouse that the adults are talking about uh while henry and mark are um uh having dinner and so uh, uncle wallace and aunt susan they're um you know, talking about this lighthouse and the daughter Connie asks him, Oh, what's a, what's special about that lighthouse? And Aunt Susan says something like, Oh, that's where your dad and I had our first picnic. And I'm like, I don't know. Was that a metaphor for sex? I don't know. Like that was just something that I kind of caught on. I'm like, you know, like as a kid, like, you know, if you're having conversations with a parent and like, you know, there's like that awkward pause. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. Kids. They're talking about sex. 
Um, so as the film was going on, Mark's father, uh, Jack, before he leaves the house, he says, I'm leaving you now so I won't have to leave you again. Bye, David Morse. You might as well have not shown up in the film. Um, so as Mark is getting ready for his first full day out in Maine, he notices a room that looks like it's made for a toddler, um, but he moves on to, play, uh, on to playing with Henry. And they do typical uh, uh, young boy, teenage stuff, like they play football, they climb up a treehouse, and smash glass inside a building. Uh, the first red flag that Mark seems that something is not right with his cousin um, he notices that Henry is a smoker. Mark tries it, but he doesn't like it. Or I guess you could say he tried inhaling, but he didn't. It, he tried it a time or two, and he didn't like it. Apologies for my poor Bill Clinton impression there. Um, Henry begins to ask Mark questions about death, and he casually says that his younger brother Richard drowned in the bathtub, uh, which sort of explains that empty bedroom that we saw a few scenes ago. But the fact that like Henry doesn't express any emotion about his brother dying that's kind of scary when you really think about it i mean i don't know if he was just like repressing an emotion i mean at first glance you may be thinking that but given what we learn about henry later on in the film you notice that it was faking um i can definitely say that macaulay culkin and elijah wood definitely have good chemistry between each other and they actually got along with each other on the set and that uh chemistry definitely transit transcended onto film and it was really good uh the next day as henry and mark are going about their adventures um henry tells mark that his mom goes to like a um cliff of some sort uh to think about richard and um there's a sense of guilt and sadness uh that the mom is feeling about her younger son passing but of course we later find out why um mark is introduced to henry's um like homemade a crossbow slash nail gun and they use it to kind of you know like just like shoot stuff or like you know hit signs or whatever um henry ends up dust scaring a cat and mark is like what a great shot and henry's like yeah but the sight's not right yet that just goes to show like how much uh, of a good actor Macaulay Culkin was and it cer- certainly showed that he had range um which is definitely uh, really ama- amazing to see on screen that's probably why uh, this film really didn't do well with critics is because i just don't think that they were ready to see like the sweet innocent little kid um you know just play a, ba- a bad guy just yet um next we see mark visit a therapist um to talk about his mom's death <clears throat> and i gotta be honest these scenes in the film with the uh, with the therapist they serve no purpose in this movie and nothing against the actress herself i mean she's doing fine um you know she's reading a script she's getting paid uh but honestly you could have easily cut these scenes out and they they would not change the story at all like the the therapist is only on screen probably like less than 10 minutes like i said nothing against the actress herself but this just was not needed so uh, anyway, and that's all I have to say about that. Next, we see Mark that he's having a nightmare and he wakes up and he sees someone in the distance. But it turns out that it's his aunt and uh, she ends up uh, consoling him about his mom's passing. And as she's consoling him, the camera pans upward to Henry looking very perplexed and he's in, and he's envious or that. You know, how dare my mother could confront comfort another boy besides myself? Um, 
and and it's a very haunting scene it's like he it's like henry's thinking to himself don't you dare hug my mother like i do don't you dare do that um and if you've noticed a lot of memes about like macaulay culkin you'll notice that like he looks like joe burrow the quarterback for the cincinnati Bengals right now when i was watching this movie i was thinking to myself oh hey the good son it's joe burrow on a bad day or if you play for the cleveland browns ah bad joke anyway let's move on um as another day of play begins henry does take his nail gun crossbow and he actually ends up taking out a dog yikes that's definitely one uh, another aspect of this film that i don't like um and, and any any animal lover will tell you is that never kill the dog uh, uh, in movies. Yeah, 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 you know, it doesn't matter, like, you know, how many, like, people get killed off or something. It's like, never kill the dog. So that, so that's a rule of screen screenwriting that's broken. Luckily, my dog was not in the room while I was watching. He was in the other room. Um, so it's right around here that Mark is beginning to suspect that something is wrong with Henry. Um, he ends up seeing a photo of Richard with a rubber ducky, and uh, Richard is actually played by another Culkin, uh, uh, Rory Culkin. Gosh, how many Culkins are there? Um, suddenly, Henry comes in and he decides to show Mark something in his uh, shed, or I guess you could say it's his clubhouse. He And we, we come across this dummy called Mr. Highway. Now, remember how I said that there was another reason why I wanted to talk about this movie? Well, the second, well, the reason being is because I wanted to share a story about my first introduction to this film. It was a crisp spring day in 1999. Uh, I was in the fourth grade, minding my own business on a Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm probably, you know, reading, playing with my toys or, or whatever. My mom calls me into the living room. And, and she's like, Josh, Josh, come here. Look, uh, look what's on TV. It's the Home Alone kid. You love Home Alone. Now, keep in mind, this is uh, on the local Fox affiliate or WB affiliate. And usually like during the spring and in the summer, um, they would always rare air like random movies um, that were at least like 10 years uh, that were like less than 10 years old or 10 years old or more. Um, why they did that, I have no idea. I don't even know how they determined these movies. But anyway, we sat down at this particular part. She was flipping channels and came across the scene. Being naive, I when I looked at Mr. Highway, I was like, damn, that sure is a weird-ass dummy. And and I'm like, oh, okay, it's a new Macaulay Culkin movie. All right, all right. I mean, I'd seen uh, other films that he had done. I'd seen Mind Girl. I had seen Richie Rich. I had seen The Page Master. Um, geez, I'm really dating myself with this episode. I mean, Richie Rich, the page master, um, my girl. Um, so as I noticed as, as Culkin and Wood were carrying this dummy, I was like, why are they carrying this dummy? Why are they on this bridge? Oh, okay. So the dummy got pushed. Oh, oh, it caused a car pile up. This isn't home alone. Now, this ain't Home Alone. Why, why is Culkin being bad? Um, childhood scarred forever right there. Um, but later we do find find out that nobody was killed in this pileup. Thank God. Um, and Henry it does also imply to Mark that he may hurt his sister, Connie, uh, by saying, You like my sister, don't you? But don't worry. Accidents will happen. And this is part of the film and what's like sometimes the dialogue at times uh feels unrealistic it feels like it really wasn't written for kids it feels like it was written for like adults 
Um, I don't know. Maybe Henry watched Silence of the Lambs when he was in elementary school or something. I don't know. It definitely feels like if Hannibal Lecter was a child. Um, there, cut to another scene where Henry brings up Richard's room. And it definitely shows um, the parents' trauma over their young son's death. And it definitely does feel realistic. It, it, it doesn't feel forced. Um, the father, Uncle Wallace, like, you know, he is like wanting to, he's, you can tell he's wanting to move past, uh, to move past it. Whereas the mom, Susan, um, you know, she's still grieving. She's still grieving, uh, the loss. And, um, you know, I've known parents who have lost a child and they're never really the same after that. Um, you know, it's something that never that one never gets over. I mean, I myself do not have kids, um, but I have known, like I said, I've known people who have lo- uh, lost a child. Um, and it's something that you never really get over. Um, you just, I mean, you just don't, I mean, it's, it's always going to be there with you. Uh, whether, whether it's, you know, loss in an accident or an illness or things like that. It's just something that you never get over. And, you know, that, and that always stays with you. Um, the best thing to do is, you know, just honor their memory and make sure that they're not forgotten. Um, so that's, that's my take on that. Um, so next we see the parents going out for a date night. Henry shuts off the power and implies again that he's going to harm his sister. Uh, there's no emotion when he tells Mark, she's such a sweet little thing. Do you really think I'd hurt her? Um, Next, we also find out that Susan was giving Richard a bath and she had left to take a phone call. And then when she came back, he he had drowned. Um, and Mark does overhear that Henry took Connie ice skating and Henry pushes Connie into the thin ice and she falls through. Um, he sticks his hand out uh, to try and like, you know, get her to uh, grab on, but it does not work. So she can fall through the ice just fine, but yet when people come to like break the ice and you know, try and save her, um, you know they can walk through it just just fine. Like I don't know, that just didn't really make any sense. Uh, Mark does try to tell his aunt about Henry's antics, but delivers a slap. Stop it! Stop it! That's a lie. Uh, you know that's a slap that's so hard uh, it make the Will Smith slap to Chris Rock at the Oscars look like a love tap. I mean, I don't think any parent really wants to believe that. Um, you know, a, that their child could commit any, um, uh, any evil acts or, or do it or do harm to others. Um, so that scene definitely felt believable, even though at first glance, that slap seemed a little bit, seemed, a, seemed a little bit forced and silly. Um, we also see Henry in the hospital trying to suffocate Connie. And, and it's implied that the film or that the scene was filmed late at night. And I'm like, how did Henry get to the hospital by himself? Like, seriously, did no one notice like a 13 year old walking at night? I mean, I know like the town that, that this film is set in, it's, it's not exactly, you know, Boston or uh, New York city or something like that, but still like no one's going to notice a 13 year old walking at night by himself. Now, granted, this is the winter time. So I'm like, Hmm, what the heck? Um, I'm surprised CPS wasn't called. And, Mark, and so later on, Mark uh, does tell Henry that he will do anything to protect the family. And this is when Henry tells his cousin, dropping the F-bomb, don't fuck with me. 
Because up until that point, the film definitely, it has felt like a PG-13 movie. Um, and I can see why this film got an R rating was because of that, the, um, the, uh, the don't fuck with me line. And with that, you know, hearing a famous childhood star saying, don't fuck with me, that was like a pure stab in the heart with childhood. And was just uh, feeling that, you know, childhood is over and it's gone to heaven. Bye, childhood. Say hi to Danny for me when you get to heaven. So, uh, meanwhile, Henry, uh, Henry's mom finally, finally starts to suspect that something is wrong with her son and finds a rubber ducky that belonged to Richard. Turns out Henry was jealous and takes the duck and throws it away. And Henry does imply that something bad is going to happen to his mom. Um, Henry and his mom do decide to go out for a walk and she just casually asks him, did you kill Richard? He gets confronted and sarcastically he's like, what if I did? Like, just says it like really coldly, you know, it's like, whoa! I mean, like, just the performance from Culkin, uh, it's masterful. He did such a good job. Um, so he run, so he runs away and he runs to a cliff and pushes his own mom. And if you notice with, with this particular uh, scene as she's like you know getting pushed off the cliff and she does live you can notice in the back that you know that there's like a harness that's holding her i mean granted i understand it was 1993 and i gotta give credit um to uh, uh, uh to, to this scene being practical but at first glance it seemed it seemed laughable but again it's not on the green screen uh, Mark does intervene and fights Henry while she is climbing up the cliff. And like I said, this this film or this scene was not shot on a sound on a soundstage, and there were no stunt doubles at all. Culkin and Wood um, during the filming of the scene were were made comfortable uh, in, in having harnesses uh, because that cliff that was like 180 feet above the ground, so it's pretty scary. Uh, they were really hanging from that cliff. Um, and as they roll over as they're fighting, Susan is holding on to both of them. And it, it, like I said, it's a very intense scene. And Henry has a robotic emotion saying, Mom, Mom, I love you. And Mark is holding on for dear life. And he's clearly struggling. Um, Susan does make the decision to let Henry go and save Mark while Henry falls to his doom. Um, and the film ends with Mark's um, voiceover narrating saying, you know, late at night, I'm thinking to myself, um, if Susan had to do it all over again, would she make the same choice? But it's a decision I will never ask. Now, right around the time that this film was coming out, there was a novelization um, of this movie that was released at the same time. Now, as mentioned before on this podcast, um, whenever it comes to novelizations of movies, they usually come from like early drafts or like first drafts of, of, of a script. Um, so the original ending to The Good Son had ac- actually had Mark visiting his, his extended family a year later, and him and his Aunt Susan go to visit um, Henry's uh, tombstone. There's an epitaph on there that says, Without darkness, there can be no light, um, which is definitely an interesting epitaph to have. So, uh, But yeah, those are my thoughts uh, on The Good Son. Um, I mean, yeah, like it's like I said, it's, it's not a perfect movie. Um, I do think there are some aspects that I think could have been explored a little bit more, like maybe with Mark's emotions. Um, 
and maybe like you could have cut out like the scenes with the therapist. Uh, but thankfully, they're they're fairly short in length, so it really doesn't cut too much out of the runtime. But I, I, I myself personally uh, uh, en- enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was a good film. Um, again, it shows that Macaulay Culkin had range as an actor, and Elijah Wood did a phenomenal job as well. Although I was kind of noticing that like if you look at his face in this movie, you'll notice that like if you like watch the good son and let's say you watch the Lord of the Rings franchise, um, like on a back to back, you'll notice that like he looks younger in the Lord of the Rings films than he does in the good son. I don't know. That was something that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on the good son. Um, you know, I hope that, um, you know, you get a chance to, to rewatch this movie. Um, currently as of this recording, um, it is available to stream on Hulu and it is also available to rent on Amazon uh, or Amazon prime as well. So yeah, those are my thoughts on the 1993, uh, psychological thriller, the good son. This is Mr. Birdman signing out.